You're listening to Alzheimer's Disease, towards early detection on ReachMD, an editorial series produced and controlled by ReachMD. This episode is sponsored by Lilly. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. This is Alzheimer's Disease Towards Early Detection on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to share their perspectives on coordinating care for patients with Alzheimer's disease are Drs. Mark Agronin and Anton Porstensen. Dr. Agronin is the Senior Vice President of Behavioral Health and Chief Medical Officer for Mind Institute. Dr. Agronin, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Thank you. And Dr. Anton Porstensen is the Director of the Alzheimer's Disease Care, Research, and Education Program at the University of Rochester. Dr. Porstensen, thanks for being here today. Thanks. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, let's start with you, Dr. Porstensen. Can you tell us about the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease that clinicians should be on the lookout for? So Alzheimer's disease, the main symptom clearly is cognitive impairment. And um, in uh, just about every single case of Alzheimer's disease, the uh, initial and most prominent symptoms are changes in memory, particularly short-term memory. So forgetfulness, the uh, difficulty with remembering new information, recent conversations, recent events, those are some of the things that you should particularly look out for. Other things that often happen early are changes in what we call executive function, which is logic, reasoning, and decision-making. So patients start making decisions that are uncharacteristic for them in terms of not being well thought through or of the same uh, kind of quality and reason as before. Other things that uh, can be seen early are mild changes in language, so word-finding difficulties or difficulties with getting your point across, and finally, visuospatial function. And the main uh, symptom associated with changes there is basically struggling with uh, navigation, getting lost when driving. So those are the things that I would look for. And then turning to you now, Dr. Agronin, how do you determine if a patient has Alzheimer's disease? So diagnostically, we want to do a comprehensive workup, and that's going to involve a number of different factors, getting a really good clinical history, knowing what changes have taken place over time, medically what's going on, what are their medications, to try to understand physically, are there any contributions? We also want to do some form of neuroimaging, with an MRI being the preferable study. And then neuropsychological testing is really key, because that's going to show us the full spectrum of symptoms and the extent, the degree of it. And then we put all this together and that helps us to develop a comprehensive diagnosis. So once you diagnose a patient with Alzheimer's disease, Dr. Agronin, what strategies do you use to coordinate their care with other providers? I emphasize that this is a marathon, not a race. So we're working with the individual over many years on average. It's important to make certain that any medical issues, even ones that seem small or minor, are taken care of quickly. Because sometimes something as simple as a small infection, something a little more complicated like the flu, can make an enormous difference and often lead to decompensation for an individual. And so working hand-in-hand with the internist is so critically important on that account. And so I know for our institute in particular, we forge really close relationships with the internists of, of our patients and make sure that they're comfortable reaching out to us. I would also say when there are behavioral disturbances, changes in mood, those also need to be jumped on right away because those can really decrease quality of life and and really make it difficult also for caregivers. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Alzheimer's disease towards early detection on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and I'm speaking with Drs. Marka Gronin and Anton Porstensen about how we can coordinate care for patients with Alzheimer's disease. 
Coming back to you, Dr. Porstensen, can you tell us how your role as a geriatric neuropsychiatrist and memory care expert fits into this collaborative approach to Alzheimer's disease care? With my psychiatric background, particularly uh, equipped to deal with the common behavioral issues that often rise in uh, Alzheimer's disease, that can be apathy, that can be depression, anxiety, psychosis, or agitation and aggression. So those are the areas that I focus on. I'm lucky enough that I work in comprehensive memory care program at the University of Rochester, and we have a team-based approach. In addition to the memory disorder specialists that uh, have different backgrounds, you know, uh, some of us are geriatricians, some are geriatric psychiatrists, others are behavioral neurologists. So there is a varied background and expertise here. In addition, we have nurses, we have a neuropsychologist to do our more complex cognitive testing, and we have a small army of uh, social workers. And um, that we were lucky enough to be able to do through a grant from New York State. So I've been in this business before we had uh, social workers and after, and they provide uh, enormous service to the patients and caregivers in terms of education, informing them on uh, resources and what's available in the community, and they've been uh, very valued team members. In addition to them, we actually have a family and marriage counselor who's particularly interested in dementia and does uh, a lot of our more complex interventions where there is a significant strain or difficulty within the family system or between couples because of the emergence of memory disease. And if we stay with you for just another moment, Dr. Porstensen, what are some best practices for collaborating with a patient's caregiver? Absolutely. So let me kind of start with a little introduction. I think that that's important to, uh, to set the tone here. So we have about 6 million individuals in America that live with Alzheimer's disease or related dementias. Most of these individuals are older. They're older than uh, 65, and by the nature of their condition, they require support and structure. So there is a caregiver involved, which increases the number of individuals that are impacted by the disease very significantly. Who are the caregivers? Most often the elderly spouse, but also children or paid caregivers. It's also important to be honest, transparent, and let people know that this isn't just a one and done connection, that there is going to be an ongoing relationship, an ongoing discussion, how we can optimize care. And uh, you need for them to understand that there's a team and uh, that team has multiple members with multiple backgrounds and disciplines that complement each other and that you can reach out to these team members and someone will get back to you to answer your questions and, and guide you as you struggle with things that inevitably come up in this disease. Now, before we close, I'd like to hear some final takeaways from each of you. Dr. Gronin, what would you like our audience to remember from this discussion? To me, one of the most important points is that we are working with someone over many years, and so we need to get to know them as a person. Sometimes we focus too much on the disease itself. On the symptomatic picture, we tend to be a little too reductionistic there. I like to get to know the person, their, their main caregiver. What were they like in the past? What are their strengths? These often carry the day when you want to know how you improve quality of life, how you enhance the relationship that you have with the patient and the caregiver. Knowing that background, knowing the person, knowing their strengths can make all the difference. 
and sharing those then with everyone who's, in part, of the, who's part of the care team. Thanks, Dr. Agronin. And Dr. Porstensen, I'll give you the final word. Thank you. So I want to highlight that Alzheimer's disease and related dementias, they're common, they're troublesome. They not only mean a major life change for the patient, but a major impact on the family as well. We need to basically provide the diagnosis, the education, the support, and the care that these patients and families deserve. And that requires a collaborative care model that uh, focuses on comprehensive care, and that includes multiple disciplines and requires teamwork, open communications, and trust. And uh, if we are able to achieve that, then our patients, our families are so much better off. Thank you both for sharing those key takeaways. And as that brings us to the end of today's program, I want to thank my guests, Drs. Mark Agronin and Anton Porstensen, for joining me to share best practices for coordinating care for patients with Alzheimer's disease. This episode of Alzheimer's Disease Towards Early Detection was sponsored by Lilly. To access other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.